Good morning. I'm going to start by reading the passage from Isaiah. So do look it up if you've got Bibles with you or devices with Bibles on them. Um, It's Isaiah chapter 61 and verses 1 to 3. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting for the Lord, for the display of his splendor. So let's pray. Open our ears, Lord, to hear your word and know your voice. Speak to our hearts and teach us your ways, that we may serve you now and always. Amen. So just over five years ago, I was privileged to spend a few weeks in Cape Town with others from St. Swithin's visiting our mission partner, the warehouse. Whilst we were there, we spent time at an informal settlement on the Cape Flats called Sweet Home Farm. It really couldn't be called sweet, neither was it a farm, but the people who lived there had made it their home. The warehouse team were involved in several projects that were running there in the township, and they introduced us to local community leaders and families. The residents of Sweet Home Farm faced so many disadvantages, a lack of basic infrastructure that we take for granted, terrible issues of violence and insecurity, the ever-present danger of fire and flood that could and had destroyed their homes. What they longed for most of all was for their voice to be heard, for others to listen to the injustice they faced and to stand alongside them and speak up for them, to give them hope that things could change. As we look at these few verses in Isaiah 61 this morning, I'm going to reflect on what the message of good news to the poor tells us about God's character how it's central to Jesus' mission and ministry, and how we are called to bring good news to the poor today. I'm going to start by looking at the wider context of this Isaiah passage and what it tells us about the character of God. Isaiah's prophecies were given to the nation of Israel some 700 years before Jesus' birth. The people of Israel had rebelled against their covenant with God. It was demonstrated in their idolatry and in particular in their oppression of the poor, the weak, the vulnerable. Speaking on God's behalf, Isaiah has a message of coming judgment. Israel's failure to follow God's rule has consequences. In chapter one, Isaiah calls out how Israel's worship is unacceptable because they are not acting with justice and righteousness to the most vulnerable. Here's some verses from from chapter one of Isaiah. 
When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I am not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. So why does it matter to God so much that Israel are not acting with justice and not defending the oppressed? When we look at the Old Testament, we can see that justice, the Hebrew word mishpat, and righteousness, the Hebrew word tzedekah, are key themes and central to the character of God. The Hebrew biblical scholar Abraham Heschel points out that Yahweh's justice and righteousness is not an added attribute to his essence, but is inherent to his being and identified with all his ways. In Deuteronomy 32, we read, he is the rock, his works are perfect, and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong, upright and just is he. At the very beginning of the Bible story, God specifically called Abraham to teach his family to do righteousness and justice. God's people, Israel, are called to follow his way of justice and righteousness and make this the rule of their lives. This biblical concept of justice is something beyond the strict legal sense that we might have in our culture. It's more like the idea of restorative justice an active seeking out of the vulnerable and taking steps to advocate for them. In his compassion and longing for justice and righteousness, God heard the cry of the vulnerable and oppressed Israel in Egypt. He redeemed them from slavery and set them free. The tra tragic irony here is that God's freed people have forgotten what he has done for them. Far from being at the center of creating the same kind of mishpat justice for others, especially the vulnerable, Israel, the oppressed, have gone on to become oppressors themselves. However, Isaiah also brings a message of hope. Through Isaiah, God declares good news. God's covenant promises will be fulfilled. A new king is coming a king from David's line, a new model of a servant king, a spirit-led and anointed king. God's kingdom is coming, and this is a message of hope for the poor, the marginalized, the outcast, everywhere. So let's fast forward 700 years to the Gospel of Luke. Jesus returns to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit following his baptism in the River Jordan and he is teaching in synagogues. In chapter four, Luke records that Jesus went to the synagogue in Nazareth on the Sabbath day, and he starts his public ministry by reading from the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Astonishingly, Jesus then announces that today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The promised, spirit-led, anointed one shown to Isaiah is now speaking. Jesus uses Isaiah's words to explain the nature of God's coming kingdom. He has come to release the oppressed, free the prisoner, open the eyes of the blind, and bring good news to the poor. Jesus fully embodies God's mishpat, justice for the poor. Who are these poor? The Hebrew word here is a much wider category than simply what we might see as the economically disadvantaged. It encompasses people of low social status, women, children, elderly, frail, disabled, but also outsiders, those who eth whose ethnic origin or life choices might put them outside acceptable society. Through Luke chapters 4 to 8, we see Jesus living out what good news for the poor looks like. He heals the sick, welcomes social outsiders, tax collectors, prostitutes, other outcasts. Jesus expands God's kingdom to welcome all. However, Jesus also has a warning for the self-righteous who consider their place in God's kingdom comes from power, status, wealth, or acceptable religious practice. God's rule, established by Jesus' ministry, turns the world's rule upside down. The first will be last. Those who thirst and hunger for righteousness will be satisfied. The meek will inherit the earth. God's grace and mercy is coming first to those who seem to be farthest from his kingdom. Jesus embodied justice and righteousness in his ministry on earth, but his rule was nothing like an earthly king's rule. He suffered a humiliating death on a cross. Yet the cross is precisely the point where God's justice and righteousness meet. In Jesus' death, God provides just recompense for human evil. He embodies mishpat for the poor by taking the justice on himself. As followers of Jesus, we have received God's mishpat. God has seen our plight as poor, frail, corrupt humans. And we can be declared righteous because of the death and resurrection of Jesus. The earliest followers of Jesus responded to this undeserved good news of righteousness by living radical new lives. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, they demonstrated the reality of God's kingdom, welcoming the poor and marginalized, sharing the good news with all. So we've seen that seeking out the poor, the vulnerable, the outcast, is intrinsic to God's character. More than just listening to their cries, he takes steps to restore them. Jesus embodied God's justice and righteousness in his life and ministry, which centered on the least deserving of God's grace and those who seem to be furthest from God's kingdom. How then are we called to respond? It does seem that followers of Jesus should be at the forefront of, of sharing God's justice and righteousness and communicating the good news for the poor. 
Our challenge is to take seriously all that God has done for us in our poverty through the death and resurrection of Jesus and to respond by seeking that justice and righteousness for others. When Jesus stood up in the synagogue and announced that he was the fulfillment of the prophecy of good news for the poor, he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Similarly, the early church were able to live radical lives based on Jesus' kingdom values because they had been empowered by the Holy Spirit. We are not left on our own to try and reflect God's heart for the poor. We have been given the Holy Spirit to encourage, equip, and enable us to live lives that truly bring good news. We too can ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes and ears to hear the voice of the oppressed, the poor, the vulnerable. We can listen to their voices in our neighborhood, our workplace, our city, and ask God how we too can join in to bring his good news. We can ask the Holy Spirit to soften our hearts. In the words of the Hillsong worship song, we can ask God to break our hearts for what breaks his. So that through the work of the Holy Spirit, we can see those around us with God's heart. Poor, frail, mortal, vulnerable, people who all so long to hear his good news.